Hello everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Car Chats again. We're on the move, back to Newcastle. Beautiful morning actually. Beautiful foggy winter's morning. Just looking at the full moon. <laughs> and the sun is up. So in I'm still unsure how that works. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Maybe we can do a podcast about <laughs> round earth versus flat earth. <laughs> Today we're going to well, I'll be having a chat with Murray. Mm-hmm teasing out, finding out a bit more about certain aspects of your life. So on previous podcasts and on other podcasts, you've been sharing more about your life's experiences. And if you haven't listened to any of those podcasts, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the overview of Murray's story, going from being a young kid, uh, being a bit wild, homeless, drugs, alcohol, gangs, jail, found yourself. That in a nutshell. The full spectrum. Full spectrum. Full spectrum of life. <laughs> but in this particular um, chat, I wanted to really zone in on how you feel you overcame your drug addiction. Because from what you've shared with me and, and others, um, this wasn't just a... Um, having cocaine on every other weekend kind of (laughs) drug addiction. No. So what was at the, if you feel like sharing, Mm -hmm. at the peak of it, what did your drug addiction look like? At the peak? Holy moly. Well, I was probably injecting daily more than what most people earn in a week. Is the easiest way to put it. And that was a combination of speed, meth, heroin. And how does out of how do, how does someone afford that? Like where does that money come from? Like spending You've seen in, me work. Yeah, but like in in and I suppose in those situations you do whatever it is you've got to do to get uh-huh. the things that you need. Um, Lots of crime is how. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. It's a full time job. Um, so I suppose for me, my journey consisted of, um, well, we've spoken about this before, that I just had a knack of meeting people, had really good connections, so I was able to, um, a lot of my habit was supported through um, the selling of drugs, so other people would really pay for my addiction. Um, but in there also was like higher risk um, crimes, like arm robberies and stuff like this okay so at the at the peak of your drug addiction you were injecting a combination of drugs daily yeah you were selling drugs you were involved in high risk crime to Uh support your was the intention of the crime to support your addiction or Uh, was it yeah this is a good question so I remember the crew that I was running around with um, they all would prior to like going to do an urn they would all get high and I'd be like Mm-mm. this is like this is the feeling this is like this is the drug um, the adrenaline um, yeah I really actually enjoyed that intensity for that short period of time um, 
some, yeah. So I remember speaking about my story a long time ago and um, when I was sharing and really, like, becoming aware of this stuff myself is that the whole lifestyle was an addiction for me, just living outside the boundaries of society, doing what I wanted. Um, High-risk crime became an addiction as well. Okay. Yeah. And so if we can jump your timeline a little bit to now, um, you've often said to me that there's certain behaviours you need to participate in now to keep yourself in check. So uh, people watch you, like, do your CrossFit or surf bigger waves or when you were doing rock climbing, climbing without ropes. Is that all to maintain that feeling without turning to what society would deem bad behaviour? What, what morally compass people would deem bad behaviour of holding guns at people and doing bad things? Uh-huh. So I think um, like there's this primal part of me and I know some other people were like many generations ago like the, the men were like in that, uh, that space of like going to battle and working hard and that sort of stuff so I think there's like a, a primal urge to do this stuff anyway um, it's the suppression of it of that part of us that um, creates the unsettledness but yes in the, is the short question that um, when I got clean and sober this time um, it was very clear to me that I needed to replace all of that with things that would feed and keep that thing inside me at bay so um, I know myself well and I really do need to push myself regularly Um, so even then like I I remember like when I first met you this is what I was doing I was was surfing bigger waves and um, toddling off to the blue mountains on the weekends and um, climbing climbing some large cliff faces sometimes without safety equipment Um, when it was just me like this was acceptable and it was it was really feeding that part of myself and I needed to because I had no other at the time I had no other um, real tools to begin to help me navigate it Um, but it changed when you came into my life and it was clear that this was a commitment then some of that stuff needed to change and I had moments that really showed me that it needed to change there was a couple of incidences where um, it was clear I was pushed to my edge and my life could have easily been Gionskis um, which yeah gave me these realisations that this also this behaviour also needs to change and so you just mentioned we'll come back to the how you overcame the drug addiction but you just talked about then um this part of me so i in my experience um uh, with the unlocking of ptsd within my body i feel like ptsd is a little gremlin inside of me sure it's a part of me but i when i envision it it's a little gremlin that needs to be maintained maintained through all of the self 
practices that I do of, of breathing and moving and, and mindfulness, the umbrella of mindfulness. And if I don't do those things, that gremlin then unleashes and looks for ways to, to lash out. So when, when you talk about that part of you, that part of you that's uh, getting something getting something from that addiction so that addiction to the adrenaline rush or the addiction to the sensation when you were on drugs what do you perceive that part of you as um it is a part of me that's been with me since birth um that it, that part of me that i talk about that immense dis immense unrest um has been with me since my first breath it's not something that evolved because of situations that happened it's something that I used alcohol drugs um, crime all these these all of those things were the tools I used to deal with that aspect of me that's been with me forever still I still have it now And so for those who haven't listened to Murray's story before, just a quick side note, that you started using alcohol at around eight years old. Yeah, so even before that, there was just, I just remember there was just this unrest in me. I just felt um, out of place here in this world and um, people didn't understand me. I didn't understand anything that was happening here. There was like... Yeah, there was something within me that did not sit well with being in this time and space. Yeah. And so you've shared parts of your story before where there was a, a moment, a particular moment when you were in jail where you felt spirit enter you and you realised that you needed to change or this wasn't the life that you wanted to live. But the specific question, I guess, of this podcast is how did you overcome your drug addiction or how did you overcome the acceptance of drugs being the way to deal with this unrest within you? So for me, I, like the realisation that there was that part of me that, um, that just fired differently to a lot of other people. Other people would just like settle into the routine of society and I could just see it all and, and wasn't able to do that and, it was evident at a young age that that that, that was who I am. Um, I didn't feel I belonged in the home I lived in with my family. I didn't feel like I belonged at school. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And it was super confusing. And I mean, for someone at the age of eight years old to make a decision to leave school that day and go and get alcohol and drink until I was drunk like where you really need to ask like where where the hell does that thought pattern come from and um, really screaming for some way to deal with that unrest spiritual misalignment I understand it now um, so for me to to overcome it all I really had to look at why I was doing all of these things And my journey through this to heal myself and to figure out a way to live in this existence with that part of myself 
was definitely a spiritual um, path. Like I had to go through a spiritual spiritual awakening in order to be able to support myself moving through it. Um, like this time when I got out of jail, I was maybe 30 years old, something like this. But when I was in there, you're right, I had this awakening where it's I, like I, I can't explain it. There was just like a moment where my ego was off guard for a moment and there was a, uh, a spirit outside of myself that um, touched me deeply and from that moment I wasn't able to be the same it started taking me down a different path um, and not knowing so when I got got out and then um, all the court staff had to go do some rehab and um, within the 12 steps 12 step program of Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous they speak about um, they've got like the 12 steps and the last step is um, as a result of working these steps you have a spiritual awakening um, so I went through this process and like I committed to it and done it and for me at the end of it um, I was not satisfied with the level of spiritual awakening that that process offered me um, I still felt this immense unrest in me and I knew that I had to continue my spiritual journey. I really had to, um, again, not fully listen to what that organisation was telling me I had to do in order to live this life. It wasn't good enough for me. Um, so that's what I've done. I went in search of how I can really deepen my own spiritual progress spiritual hygiene and support that spiritual awakening so yeah the path how I healed that was 100% a spiritual one yeah. and steps along the way so it incremental because that mm, where I came into your journey and where I witnessed you from you had obviously done a lot of healing and what were in a really was in a really I don't know the right tense there you were in a really great, great place. Um, but then even when I stepped in and started to introduce additional spiritual concepts to your world, it was incremental and it was, uh-huh. it was baby steps so that you had that foundation and that embodiment of that knowledge and awareness so that you could then step to the next right. thing. Um, because sometimes in, this is a generalization of journeys people that I witness who go all in on their spiritual development and growth sometimes they miss the foundational things because they're looking for the big bang and the big shift and the big awareness and when they get it they don't have the foundational tools to then rest upon so it's like it's like yo-yo dieting like you for a week you go and do the diet and then you don't have any foundational basics of day-to-day skills Uh So then when the diet finishes, when the retreat finishes, when the, when the rehab finishes, it's like, okay, well, now what are you going to do in your day-to-day? Right, yeah. So it's a whole change of the way you're living, the way you're thinking. And you need support. Um, like even when I was in rehab, there was support. Uh, they had their, their way of supporting. And then um, when I got out, I was like very committed to uh, AA and NA and know there is support there there's people that have been around for a while that can really offer their experience um, 
and then you know when my time was there was there was finished there's like just constantly looking for support Community. yeah and but also like people that are able to support me through that not everyone can yeah um, so yeah like you need to have support because yeah you can't I'm telling you you can't um, do something like that on your own go through that level of change on your own I think that's a really valid point for not just overcoming drug addiction but at any point in time you're wanting to create big change is setting up a support network even if it's just one person or whatever it may look like but as humans we need support and assistance in creating change and it doesn't have to be um necessarily a trained practitioner it can be a friend or a family member but we need that support to hold us accountable to guide us to lean upon it's crucial anything else you would like to add about overcoming your drug addiction um I mean, for a lot of people, the overcoming of it comes after a rock bottom or numerous rock bottoms. So, um, unfortunately, a lot of the time that's the path that... um, And it's really sad to watch family members desperately trying to support and help their family members when they're in that place. Um, And I do, I get asked this question a lot by a lot of the time mothers um and unfortunately the feedback is that um there is a path that needs to unfold and generally it's it's gonna land with them being at a full rock bottom and I know a lot of the care parents and caretakers they're like doing what they can to like support them but uh, a lot of the time they're actually hindering prolonging prolonging them achieving that rock bottom so they can make the decision to change and that rock bottom when the ego becomes so defeated that the spirit can can be heard and felt is when the change will happen it's in that moment it's nice to swoop in and um, offer that support and something new but yeah a lot of the, a lot of the times you've got to hit the rock bottom but I mean if you're listening and you're in that place and you want to want to make some great change then reach out I've um I have been through it all and a couple of times a couple of times there's a the saying that we picked up recently if you want if you want what I have I have then you can go and do all the things that I've done to achieve it and not just the good things but all of the bad things as well but if you don't want to drag yourself through all of that, then maybe you can just come and connect with me and I can guide you through so you don't have to go through the horrific stages of it. Maybe there's a possibility that you can bypass some of that. Maybe. Maybe. No guarantees. Thank you for sharing that part of your story. Welcome. There's one other part of it that I think... Uh, it was really interesting to watch a shift in you uh, in terms of overcoming your drug addiction. So this is years after um, you'd used or drunk anything. But um, 
I don't know, maybe it was a year or so ago now, but you ha- you turned to me and said, I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. So it's really funny, like, because I stopped for me, and this is my journey, and if there's people listening that are a part of NA and AA and it's working for you, then continue to do that. If it's like supporting you and you feel really fulfilled, um, within that organisation, that fellowship, then it's like a lot of people achieve a really good lifestyle through working that program. But I got to a point, I was turning, and because of all the other stuff that I was doing to heal myself, it got to a point for me, I was turning up to meetings and I witnessed myself from a third party standing up in front of a room full of people, maybe five years, um, clean and sober, and from an outside perspective watched myself get up in front of a room full of people and speak my name hi my name is Murray and I'm an addict and an alcoholic and it just hit me and I just went hold on I'm actually not I was at one stage 100% that's what I was doing but I'm not now um and that realisation, it was, for me, it was like, okay, this, this path is finished for me. It's actually holding me back now. And then I went through maybe a couple more years of really releasing um, those labels. And um, it took a while. And in the end, I would be talking to people that um, had nothing to do with NA, they were definitely in my world and in a support network. Um, some of them even said, just like, the only person that's, um, the only person I've heard say that you're an addict and alcoholic is you, no one else is labelling you as that. Um, so it was really clear that it was just, that I'd really done enough work to release those labels, to really heal that part of myself and understand that's not who I am um, and I understand there's people out there that are, that they believe that they are born as a, a drug addict and alcoholic but for me that, that was not the case um, these are things that I used to deal with who I was and now I have other tools to deal with that to support myself so I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not a drug addict not a criminal anymore either I was addicted to crime but I don't get up in front of a room full of people and go hi my name is Murray and I'm a criminal right so why would I do it with any other label proud of you proud of you (laughs) thank you for thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story so freely thanks (laughs) it's a pleasure it's a pleasure (laughs) I hope that this story lands with those of you that need to hear it or those of you that can be inspired by it or those of you that can realise even if you're not a drug addict or or an alcoholic but maybe you're addicted to sugar or maybe you're addicted to your phone or... I'll tell you a good way to figure out if um, you are addicted. Um, Just stop and see if you can stay stopped. It's the easiest way. You're like, hmm, I wonder if I am addicted to this. Choose tomorrow to wake up and not do it anymore and see how long you last. It's that simple. 
Hi, my name is Renee and I'm addicted to my phone. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> so I hope that you can find inspiration that even in what we as a society perceive to be really big, scary situations, that they can be overcome. It takes, it's not necessarily an easy path, but it can be done. And if you want to find out more, I recommend that if you're listening to this, maybe you reach out to Murray, reach out to him on Instagram or shoot us an email and we can get it to him or reach out to your local organizations. You can follow me at Murray three underscores Smith (laughs) or at the open mind space. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out.